0: Hey, this is Brent yourself from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome King's Church, thanks so much for joining us from wherever you are, whether you're in Nova Scotia, the land of low restrictions, we're jealous of you and grateful that you are joining together. Uh, everybody at PEI with Pastor Johnny or in New Brunswick or even across the country today, we are so glad you joined us, or maybe you're even from somewhere else on this beautiful planet Thank you for joining us. I'm I'm grateful. I'm really excited for what God has given me to share with you today. Before we do that, though, really quick, I want to let you know, next week we are jumping back into the book of Revelation. We've been studying it for the better part of a year. We actually began it last January, and we are continuing on our journey. And we've got something very exciting happening next week as we launch back in. One of the primary voices of study I have used is a gentleman named Daryl Johnson. I've been reading his commentary as I've been studying the book. Of Revelation. Well, I reached out to Daryl and asked him if he would speak to us as we start back into our Revelation series. So we have a very special treat next week. Daryl Johnson, uh, he has a whole book on the book of Revelation. It's incredible. He's a brilliant mind, a wonderful pastor from Vancouver, British Columbia. He is going to be speaking to us next week. So I can't wait as we start back into Revelation. So don't miss that. It's going to be such a special treat. But before we do that, we need to wrap up our season, our 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. It ends this week here. Uh, as we kind of continue this journey, we've been calling Renew. This is the word God has given us to hold on to as a church this year, that God is going to bring new life and renewal to us. Can I get an amen in the chat? He's going to do new things. He's, it's springing up. I'm believing for it. We're believing for it. And we're posturing ourselves for renewal. And so for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the way we need to position ourselves, what we need to do so that God will do what he will He can only do. And we talked about renewing our convictions, renewing our standards. We talked about standards last week, and you guys have been amazing. We've done some deep dives over the past couple weeks. And today, I want to be quick, but I think it's going to be important. I want to talk to you about our expectations. We're talking about renewing expectations. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. It's a little story there I want to look at. It's going to help us understand the importance of our expectations. But first I wanna tell you a quick story and I wanna ask you a question. The question is this, how are your expectations? It's been a tough season. It's been a hard 12 months or so. And I want to ask you the question what do your expectations look like right now? Last week, I had an interesting circumstance happen to me. Something just kind of jarred me. The Lord spoke to me based on a revelation of my low expectations. I was getting ready to go preach, and one of my coworkers asked before they texted me and said, Hey, Brent, after you preach, could we talk? And I read that text, and immediately my heart sank like, oh no, now what? I immediately thought that. And so I I did my best and by God's grace, I, I put that aside and the Lord spoke and I was able to get my message out. And then afterwards I went up and went to their office and I said, hey, you wanted to talk, what's up? And they proceeded to tell me that, hey, they just want to talk about work. There were some calendar things they needed to work out. Just sit down. Let's, let's, have, let's do this. And I had worked up in my mind, like preparing for another worst case scenario. And I said, I apologized to them. I said, I'm sorry. I kind of came in here like there was going to be some bad news. And I said, I might have a little bit of like 2020 PTSD. I've had one too many texts or phone calls that said, hey, can we talk? And they turned out to be nuclear. And so maybe, maybe I'm just a little bit, Oh, my guard, my, my, my guard is extra high and my expectations are extra low. And that little encounter kind of allowed the Lord a moment later on that day to speak to me. And he just reminded me, since when, son, since when are your expectations supposed to be low? And since when do you set your expectations according to your history? And furthermore, you cannot afford to have low expectations. Can you relate to me? Can you relate to that story? Can you relate to that sense of what next bad could possibly happen? Maybe you have had like a year where you've had a lot of just difficult things happen, difficult circumstances, difficult situations unfold. You've had some crisis or maybe you've had some disappointments or some setbacks or maybe some betrayals even, some some deep wounds have happened and it's caused you to live with your guard up. You kind of assume this posture where you're just protecting yourself and you, your expectations are low and your, your guard is high. So you're trying to guard yourself from any further disappointment, but the Lord Lord reminded me, and my job today is to remind you that followers of Jesus are not called to base our expectations on our history, but we're called to base our expectations on his story. I know that's cheesy, but it works, and you need to remember this. We are not invited. Jesus does not invite us to set our expectations on our history, but every single year, every single season, every single day is an invitation for us to set our expectations based on the gospel, based on his story. And here's what I need you to know today, and here's what I want to talk to you about. It's critical that we have right expectations. It's critical we have right expectations because renewal and new life and breakthrough and blessings and miracles are tied to our expectations. In fact, God gives birth to miracles in the womb of expectations. God actually conceives and gives birth to miracles in the womb of our expectation. There's a principle we need to understand today, and that is this. That your expectations, the Bible calls expectation faith... Your expectation is the key to the life you will live and the experience you will largely have, especially when it comes to a relationship with God. Now, we know this is actually true aside from being people of faith, aside from being people who follow Jesus. You actually know it's true that how you think really does have the power to kind of dictate your directions in a lot of sense. This is why there's a multi-billion dollar industry just on positive thinking and talking yourself into things. Now, Now, I'm talking about more than just... Just The power of positive thinking, but that's even, uh, that even helps us understand today. Like, you know, that if, if you're driving and you just are thinking about getting in an accident, the, the reality is you're probably going to get an accident. That your thoughts and your expectations have the power, they're like train tracks to kind of direct where you go. But more importantly, for, for us as people who follow Jesus, people of faith, you need to understand something that your expectations in God are everything. That your faith is actually the gas for the fire of renewal. That your faith is the soil for the seed of God's new life bursting forth. Faith is the critical component for a move of God. Without it, no great God things will happen. If you want God to move on your behalf this year, if you want 2021 to have just great God moments and new stories and new opportunities and breakthroughs and and the things of God to break forth, then you have got to exercise faith. You have to expect it. You have to set your expectation. If you want God to do a new thing in your family, you need to to expect it. If you want God to do a new thing in your finances, it's going to take expectation. If you want God to do a new thing in your relationships, it's going to take expectation. The Bible calls it faith. Faith, the Bible says, is confidence in what we hope for. It's confidence in what we hope for. The the writer of Hebrews has a whole chapter. In fact, I'd encourage you to read it later today. Hebrews chapter 11. It's it's called the faith chapter. And he says that faith is the confidence. It's confidence in what we hope for. And it's assurance. In fact, other translations say it's the substance of things not seen. It's confidence, it's substance of things not seen. And this is what the ancients were commended for. This is what the heroes of our faith operated in, he's trying to tell you. And then he goes on and he lists all the examples of the heroes of faith. It was by faith that Abel, it was by faith that Noah, it was by faith that Abraham, it was by faith that Isaac, and all of these heroes, they lived and operated by faith. That faith is the very thing that dictates the, the move of God in and through your life. Without it, there is no room for God to move. You need faith. You need expectation. And the Bible's really clear that faith is not just about believing. We get this confused a lot, don't we? We, we think, I believe, therefore I have faith. But, but that's very different. Right now, most of you listening to my message are sitting in your home. And, you know, I believe that your roof is going to hold strong today, and it's not going to cave in. You, on the other hand, have faith. Why? Because you're in your home right now. Your faith is in your roof. And it's, this is how the Bible describes faith. Faith is substantive. It's tactile, it's tangible, it's actual, it's real, it's quantifiable. Faith is where the invisible belief meets actions. It's where it meets our decisions. It's where it meets our values. It's absolutely real. Faith is more than just believing and hoping. Faith is about expectant living. It's living expecting something. You expect your roof to hold. That's faith. Now here's my question, do you expect God to be good to you this year? Do you expect God to move on your behalf this year? That's what I'm getting at today. Faith is absolutely critical when it comes to us experiencing God. The writer of Hebrews goes on, look what he says. He says, without faith, it's actually impossible to please God or even interact with him. Like you cannot positively interact with God without faith. What a statement that is. Like let that wash over you for a minute. Here's why, because anyone who comes to him must, there's that word, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's a picture of faith. Those who earnestly, exi- earnestly seek him. Without faith, you cannot please God. Faith matters because it determines the experiences we have with God. When it comes to new life, expectation is everything. Every move of God is born in faith. Every single move of God is born in faith. And if you look back at the things that God has done in your life, I suspect there was a shred or a space of faith that you established that God filled and did something that only he could do. So here's my question for us today. As we bring in this kind of, fasting season of 2021 for a landing, I want to establish a space of faith and I want to ask you the question, what are you expecting? What are you expecting God to do? What do you want God to do? What are you believing God for? What are you expecting? I believe that there are some barren places in your life. There are some spaces in your life that God actually wants to conceive and give birth to a miracle. You have first, though, to let your guard down. You have to get your expectations up. And so my job, my simple job, is we jump in today, and I want to look at this little story and break down some principles of faith for you to help you, because my job today is to help you get your, your hopes up. I want us to get our hopes up. I want us to to flush any disappointments or any distractions or devastations we have had aside. And I want us to reset our expectation because without our expectations sky high in him, we will not receive all that he wants to give us and do for us. So I want you to set your expectations high and I want to just give you two musts when it comes to your expectations. Two musts. M-U-S-T. Things we must do in, in 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 relation to your expectations. So let's look at this little story. I told you we are going to go to 2 Kings chapter 4. And this is a story of a lady who was barren. She had no children, and yet she saw God do a great and mighty miracle in her life. I actually once preached a whole message on this. You can go back in our archives. It's like four years and 50 pounds ago. You'll find it. And it's, uh, it's one of my favorite messages I ever did. But there's some principles I want to pull out of here to help us in setting our expectations for, before the Lord this year. This is the story. It says this. Let me read it to you, and then I'll pull a couple points out. It says, one day Elisha, who was the prophet in the, in the land at that time, God's representative. One day, Elisha went to Shunem. And a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. And then whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She had kind of built relationship with him. So she said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and we'll put, it, put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. And then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. And one day when Elisha came, he went up to his room that she'd made. And he lay down there and he said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her and she stood before him. And Elisha said to him, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. What can be done for you? Can we speak to your, on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? Which is, in other words, saying, can I, can I see about giving you a promotion in the land? And look what she said. She said, look, no, I'm good. I have a home among my own people. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm happy here. Well, what can be done for her, Elisha asked. And Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. In other words, she's not going to be having a son unless there's divine intervention. Then Elisha said, call her. And so he called her and and she stood in the doorway and he said, about this time next year, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. Don't get my hopes up. I can't, I cannot handle another disappointment. But it says the woman became pregnant and the next year about that same time, she gave birth to a son just as Elisha had told her. Now, in this story, there are some principles I want to look at that help us understand how miracles can happen. This woman put herself in a position to see God do something great on her behalf. And she went through all the same processes that you and I have to go through if we're going to see God move in our lives. And and I want to look at them. Here's the first must I want you to understand and I want you to see as we unpack this. And this is it. We must renew our expectations... Because faith in God makes the most room. It makes the most room for God to do the miraculous. We need to realize that faith in Jesus, when we put our faith in him, it is the most powerful, potent thing we can do with our lives. What incredible things happened to this Shunammite woman because she decided, you know what, there's something about this this Elisha that God, he, he, God is with him. There is this power he carries. We would do well to give ourselves more to him. And did you notice how the story went? They, they First they invited him to meals, and then she decided, you know what? Good things happen when he comes around, so I'm going to make this whole space for him. I'm going to set up his own room. I'm going to give him a bed, a couch. I'm going to put a flat screen TV up. I'm going to get him an Apple TV. He can have whatever he needs, because I know only good things happen when he comes around. Did you notice how, how that happened she made room for him this miracle would never have happened if she did not make room god's blessing happened to her because she made room by faith she realized that when he comes around when god comes around when when this prophet this man of god comes around good things happen and this is the simple reality we need to realize out of this little story if she didn't make room no baby the baby wouldn't have happened. I know some of you that trips your your, your, theology up a little bit and you're thinking, well, is is God's will God's will? Is he gonna get to do everything that he wants? I would suggest that there are a multitude of things that God would do, but he can't do because we aren't in position to receive them. And this woman shows us what happens when we make space through faith, which is what? Which is active, it means something. When we make space through faith, Good things happen to us. She invited and expected the miracle. Now, I don't think she expected to have a baby. In fact, we'll get to to why I don't think that in just a second. But she did expect that God could do great things if she invited his presence into her home. And that's what happened. And I have a hunch that we need to remind ourselves that there are things that God could do and would do for us if there was just room. And faith makes the room. Let me ask you a question. How many things would God do for you if he made room, if you made room? Faith is how we make room. It's how we make space for God to do the impossible. Now, usually we want it backwards, don't we? We want, show me the baby, and then I'll believe. You know, show me the financial breakthrough and then I'll tithe. Show me, show me my, my transformation and then I'll make this a priority. Show me the thing first and then I'll believe. But that is not faith. That's not how it works. This woman made an empty room for God to fill. This woman had an empty womb for God to fill. But she put her faith out there first. Miracles don't fall from the sky. They're conceived and developed and delivered by faith. There is no such thing as an accidental miracle. There's no such thing. They all are conceived in faith. The same way that this woman's baby was no accident. Like she actually had to do some things to put herself in that position. I'm not trying to get crude here, but you need to realize there's no such thing as an accidental baby. I know we love to throw that language around. Like I know, like my wife and I have said about our third, like, you know, a latecomer. And some of you, you you said, you know, this is our accident. Look. If you spill your coffee, that's an accident. If you stub your toe, that's an accident. Maybe you had a fender bender recently, that's an accident. Babies are not accident. There are way too many steps involved to call that an oopsie. Okay so there's things you have to do even if you didn't intend to have a baby you still that was no accident no one no one just says whoa there's this accidental baby that showed up there's a whole process that has to happen and the same is true for miracles we can't guarantee when they happen but we can certainly put ourselves in a position to see that they do you know, we can't guarantee that we conceive a baby. I know lots of, I have lots of friends that are, are praying and believing that God's going God's to gonna help them conceive. We, we aren't in control of, of new life. That's something that God does. And anybody who's had a child, you know that to be true. There's, there's something that you did, but there's that thing that only God can do. Here's what I know to be true, though. I can for certain ensure that I never have another child again. Like I know how to make sure I don't have a child, right? There are things that we have to do to get ourselves in that place to make a baby. And the same is true for miracles. There are things you have to do to put yourself in position to receive a miracle. And this is what that woman did. She made way by faith. Faith is what makes a way for God to do what God will do, what God wants to do in your life. You have to establish a space of faith. And that's what, that's what happens when we operate in faith. We make room for God. Look, look how, a, a couple observations. Look at this. Faith makes way for God's presence. That's, that's tangibly what you're doing. You're making a space. What did she do? She made a room for him. She like, made a decision. I'm going to make a space and I know good things will happen. And sure enough, later on, Elisha is thinking, you know what? This woman has been so good to me. What can I do for her? Do you know that God's favor seems to find the faithful? That, that God is actually drawn towards your faith. Like anytime you, if you ever want to know like to, to bring God into your circumstances, to bring God into your space, to bring God into some situation, operate in faith because he, he finds faith irresistible. He's drawn to faith. She put herself in this position, and and he was drawn to do something for her. He saw her kindness. He saw her faithfulness. He saw saw it, and he wanted to, to treat her with this miracle. That's how it worked. And I've found this to be true in my life, that the people who walk in the most favor consistently walk in the most faith. It's just a fact about how God works. God is looking to bless the faithful, those who have faith. Jesus said it. Jesus said, look, when the Son of Man returns, will I find faith? We're told in in the Gospels that when Jesus went to his hometown, he could not perform many miracles there. It actually says Jesus could not perform many miracles there. Not that he would not, but he could not because why? Because of unbelief, because people did not have faith in him. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, roams the earth looking for those who He can empower. He can come around and strengthen. He's looking for faith. It's not that God doesn't want to bless you. It's not that God doesn't want to move on your behalf. The question is is there a room? Is there space? Are you in position? Are you in position? You need a financial breakthrough? Where have you made room? You need a relational breakthrough. Are you in position for that? Have you invited God into your marriage? Have you invited God into your workspace? Have you invited him into your mindset? Some of you are struggling with anxiety, and yet you wonder why God's not renewing your mind, and you never spend time in the Word. You never get up and give him your first thoughts. What would happen if you started intentionally making room? Make space. Get in position. God cannot bless what you will not give him. And God cannot go where you you haven't invited him. And God is not going to access what you haven't permitted him. It's very simple. Faith opens the door for God's presence. What else does she do? Faith makes way for God's promise. This is a real crucial point. You need to get this. It's not just that God's will and his desire is drawn by faith, but his word is actually received by faith. This is where the rubber meets the road. There comes a space where you and I have to yield to his promise and say, like Mary, the mother of Jesus, may it be unto me as you have said. I believe you at your word, I'm receiving it, and I'm gonna walk in it. This is where the rubber meets the road. And we find out in this story, that's what happened. Now, it's literally just like a verse, goes from verse 16 to 17. Elisha says, you're gonna have a baby this time next year. And what does she say? First off, we find out she's a well-to-do woman. And so she says, look, I'm good. I don't need anything. But really we know she had one thing that she really did need and really wanted. And then he said, I know what you need. You need a child. And what did she say to that? She said, hey, do not mess with me. Don't make me go there again. I'm not getting my hopes up. My guard is up. I've had, I've had a lifetime of disappointments in that area. Do not, do not bring that up. And then there's just this awkward pause in the scripture. Go look at it. There's nothing else said. And it just says, and the next year she had a baby. Now you and I can fill in the blanks. We know where babies come from. At some point that night, that week, I don't know. But at some point, she had to go to her husband and say, look, the man of God said we're going to have a baby. And he's going to say, look, I'm 90. It's not happening. She said, look, he said so, and I'm believing for it. Let's do this. And so she had to let her guard down, and he had to get his hopes up, if you know what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be too crude here. But they had to actually do that thing based on the word of God. Now, tell your sixth grader to sit aside for a minute and hear me. There are things that you and I have got to receive by faith and we got to walk in those things. And you know what the, the number one thing that hinders that most often is our pride, our unwillingness to be vulnerable enough to take the risk to believe God at his word. We want to hedge, don't we? We want to hedge our bets. We want to kind of say, God, you can work over here, but don't, 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 get me to, don't talk to me about that one thing. But this woman, somewhere in hearing the word unto her, she decided, you know what? I'm going to let my guard down. I'm going to let my pride down. And I'm going to risk this thing. And I'm going to believe it. And that's how faith works. You have got to receive God's word. You have to have that prayer that says, as you have said, may it be unto me. She lowered her pride. She went from, I'm fine. I don't need anything to, yes, Lord, please, would you do this? And I'm believing you for it. She went from, she lowered her guard. She went from, you know what? Don't talk to me about that thing. That place is off limits to lowering her guard and saying, may it be unto me as you have said. It takes humility. It takes vulnerability. It takes risk. Pride and fear block the seed of God's word. But faith looks like humility and vulnerability. Let me ask you a question, another question. This might be even more probing and I've seen it in my own life, so I know some of you have have seen it as well. How many miracles and how many moves of God have been blocked because you and I have been too proud or too scared to step out and trust God at his word? How many things would God have done for us if we just would have been vulnerable enough and humble enough to say, amen, Lord, may it be unto me as you have said. I believe that God has things he wants to do in us this year, but it's gonna take us getting our guard down and our hopes up. The other thing it does, faith makes way for God's process. It's important to remind yourself that that this was a at least nine-month process. All we know is that the Bible says that around that time the next year. So 12 months. So there's probably a few months in there, maybe four months in there of a lot of uncertainty before she might've started to see signs of pregnancy. That means she walked by faith for a minimum of 16 weeks. And then you all know who anybody's been pregnant, you know that that's its own faith roller coaster. because although you're carrying this life, you feel helpless and out of control. So she would have walked this miracle out in faith for a good 12 months before she actually held the baby. And this is a principle you and I have got to understand about faith, that it's not, God does not microwave miracles. They're conceived in faith in the womb, they're conceived in the womb of faith. They're developed in the womb of faith and they're delivered through faith. And we've got to walk in that space in faith. God's work is revealed by faith. I think, and I know this is is a, a hard word to use, so I'm going to use it tenderly, having gone through this, my wife and I have gone through this. I think we miscarry a lot of miracles. I think we give up on them before they've, we've given birth to them because we don't know God's timeline and we stop trusting him and the miracle goes. When we walk by faith and we hold on to the word that has been spoken, we don't know when God's miracles happen about that time. It's in his hands. This is why the Bible over and over says in Galatians 6, 9, like, let us not grow weary in doing what is good for at just the right time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not give up if. It's conditional. This is maybe a tough word for some of you, but God's miracles, some of them are conditional. Some of them are if we do not give up. Hold on. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. Maybe you have been holding on for what seems like forever for that miracle, but you know God spoke it. Can I encourage you to just keep going? Keep holding on. Expect God to deliver that promise. He will deliver on that promise. Don't get tired in doing what is good. Some of you are overdue on that miracle. The time is coming. Hang tight and don't grow, don't grow weary. Let me ask you one more question here. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna be done very soon. Are you expecting God to do a miracle in your life? Are you expecting him? Are you expecting great things in 2021? I'll, I'll, I'll admit This has been something I've had to decide. I've had to actually sit down and remind myself. I have got to set my expectations high. I cannot afford to let 2020 dictate how I'm going to expect for this year. I'm going to believe that my God is capable and exceedingly and abundantly able to do all that I ask or even imagine. I'm believing that He's doing a new thing and it's springing up from within. I'm believing that the best is still yet to come. That great days still are ahead. But I've had to make a decision. I'm encouraging you today on this kind of last Sunday of our Renew season to. to to actually make a decision of faith and remind yourself your expectations need to be high. They must be high or you will not see a miracle. Faith makes room for a miracle. One more quick thought about about our expectations. We must renew our expectations because faith in God makes the most sense. It doesn't just make room, it makes sense. Like I I want you to think about this for a second. What is your faith in? Who is your faith in? What are you banking everything on? What are you counting on? Let me suggest to you that the best odds, the best bet for your life is in Jesus. That, that faith in Jesus is actually the most rational decision. Now I know we live in a day and age which likes to kind of separate the word faith from the word ration and the words you know science science and all that. Let me just pull back and remind you that faith is reasonable, and that to have faith in Jesus is the most rational decision in the marketplace of ideas. And that let me press this upon you. Don't fall to the lie and don't be duped by the, the thought or the, the, the common saying that, you know, like, that, that I don't have faith, you know, I, I believe in science. Everybody has faith. Everybody believes in something. And what I would ask you to think about today is what you believe, is the thing that you believe in, is it actually logical? Is it actually reasonable? Does it actually promise a great return? And can I just remind you today that Jesus invites you that when you trust in him, he will produce the greatest return. And can I remind you today that Jesus is the best bet for your life. Bet in the one who is full of grace and truth. Bet in the one who died and rose again. Bet in the one who holds the keys of death and hell in his hands. Jesus wants you to count the cost of following him. I know we've heard him say that before. You know, like the, the scripture where Jesus says, you know, anyone who follows me is going to count the cost. Well, we hear that as a threat. We hear that as, well, what am I, I going to pay to be, you know, in, on, in the club? Of course, following Jesus will cost you everything, but he actually wants you to count. He wants you to do the math. He wants you to realize that in the landscape of all the opportunity of life, he is the absolute ultimate and best decision to throw your whole life at that it's in following him that the greatest results happen. It's making room for him that, that, that fruitfulness and multiplication happens. He literally wants you to count the cost, to look around at all the options, and set your faith and your chase in him. That's the invitation he's giving you today, that you would actually make a logical, reasonable decision to make room in your life for God to do something great. Jesus invites us to invest in him, to have our faith in him. He, he invites us to believe in his promises, to believe in his promises. Look, I'll give you life abundant life. I'll give you a hope and a future. I'll give you produce. I'll give you fruitfulness a hundredfold from what you invested. He promises that I'll provide for you your every need. I'll give you protection. I'll be with you when you go through the darkest valley in the shadow of death. I'll cover you. I'll give you a legacy. We'll multiply this thing into generations. He says I'll give you a hope and a future. He says I'll I have a plan for you. I'll prosper you. This is the word of his promise. And it is the best bet for your life. How are you anticipating 2021? Or in whom are you trusting? Can I push you? Can I remind you that following Jesus absolutely makes the most sense? Following the one who lived and died and rose again. Following the one whose words are life. Giving your everything to him makes the most sense. It is the most reasonable decision and he invites us to trust him. It's reasonable to trust him. Here's why you can trust him. He invites us to let his greatness be our guard. What do I mean by that? I mean, we can actually let our guard down because like Paul said, if God is for us, who can be against us? I don't need to live my life with my guard up. Because my God came down. He died for me. He gave his life for me. And he conquered for me. He defeated the enemy I could not defeat. Then, then what else do I need to worry about? Yes, there are troubles. But he told me he'd over, he's overcome the world. So I can actually let my guard down and fully and freely follow him and trust him. Putting my faith in him to actually stop hedging and holding back, but give my everything to him. His greatness is our guard. And he invites us to let his goodness be our gauge. Look what Paul goes on to say in verse 32. He says, He who did not spare his own son gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? What does that mean? What does it mean? It means that when you, when you follow God, when you follow Jesus, you need to remind yourself that he already gave you the most precious commodity in the universe. So I can trust him. I can trust him. Like if I gauge the situation, remind yourself, there's nothing that God is holding back from me. He's already given me everything. So if he hasn't given me that thing I prayed for or given it to me yet, I can trust his goodness. I can gauge it and remind myself that, that God is so good that he gave me my son. What else do I need to wor- give me his son? What else do I need to worry about? Let his goodness be our gauge. I'm betting everything on Jesus in 2021. I'm trying to anyway. And I'm asking him to show me areas that that maybe I've been holding back and reminding myself that he is for me. Who can be against me? And he already gave me the most precious thing in the universe and giving me himself, giving me Jesus. Why Why would I need to get my guard up? Why would I need to hold anything back? Let me ask you the question. Where and how and whom are your expectations in? What do your expectations look like? Is your guard up? Are you living based on what 2020 did to you? Are you living based on a pandemic? Are you living based on, you know, the uncertainty of the times? Or are you living based on who he is and what he's done for you and what he promises to do for you? Have you made room in your plans this year for Jesus to be Lord? What is your expectation? What is your expectation? I, I, this past week, I, I listened to one of the, the news conferences on the COVID-19 update. And, you know, I, I pray for our leaders, and you should pray for your leaders. We should be praying for them. They are in an unbelievably challenging time. And if you think that's an easy job, you have rocks in your head. It's gonna, it must be so hard to do what's best for everybody. But there was a piece of advice by our premier that I just absolutely utterly reject. when he, he said at one point, try, I think it was well intended, but he said at one point, you know, it'd be best if we all just lived like we had the virus. And I know what he's getting at. He's trying to tell us, hey, we need to keep our distance. We need to make sure we don't put anybody else at risk. I got it. I get it. But can I just say how quantifiably bad that advice is? at least for a Christian. You know what, if you're not a Christian and you're not hedging everything and embedding everything on following Jesus, then yeah, live like you have a virus. But for me, I wanna live like Jesus is Lord. I wanna live like God is good. I wanna live like if God is for me, who can be against me? I wanna live free of fear. I wanna live loving my neighbor. So yes, I'm gonna, gonna follow these guidelines, but do not set your expectation as a, you know, I'm a virus carrier or I'm, I'm not safe. We need to establish faith back in here. We need to establish faith in God's power, faith in God's goodness, faith in God's plan back here. Listen, no great move of God is going to happen in and through the church until the church has faith. So we cannot afford to have a victim mentality or a virus mentality. We need a victory mentality right here, a victory expectation. We need a, a multiplication expectation, a fruitfulness expectation. God is going to do great things. That has to be my expectation. I'm not living with a virus in my mind. I'm living with God's power and God's plan and God's goodness front and center. Have the mind of Christ. Set your minds on things above where Christ is seated, not on earthly things. Where are your expectations? Where are your expectations? Let me make a declaration to you, and it's up to you to to receive it. It's up to you to say, you know what? I'm expecting that in my life. The Bible says that God's word will not return void that everything he has said will come to pass. Do you believe it? Are you expecting for it? Is there room? Are you living your life like, like the word of God is true? Are you living your life like, it, like God really means that when it says no weapon formed against you shall prosper? Are you, are, do you have faith for it? Do you have faith when he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Do you you have faith for it? Is that your expectation? Do you have faith when it says, you know what? Raise up your children in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. Are you holding on to that? Do you receive that? God, everything he has spoken will come to pass where are your expectations? It is time that you and I take hold of our expectations. Can we get our guard down? Can we lift our faith up? Can we set our hopes high? It's time to get our hopes up. God is about to do a new thing. I want to declare it over you. I want to declare it over your family. I want to declare it over your life. I'm declaring it over our church. These are great days. God is about to do great things in our midst. He, the old is, is going, and behold, the new is coming. God is doing a new thing. I'm believing for it. I'm putting my faith in it. I'm living for it. I'm carrying that promise. Will you carry it with me? Where is your expectation this year? Here's a few questions for us to ask. Three expectation setting questions and I'll be done. I'm gonna pray for us. What are you expecting this year? What are you basing your expectations on? Is it based on the past? Is it based on fear of the unknown? Or is it based on who God is? Set your expectations in him. It's the reasonable decision. It's the rewarding decision. It's the one with the best return on investment. Number two, how are you expecting this year? Expectation is more than hope, it's faith, it's confidence in things hoped for, assurance in things not seen. It's a solid quantifiable thing. How are you tangibly establishing your expectation? Take action, make room. If you wanna see God do something, take that area and make space for him. Have you let your guard down? Number three, have you let your guard down? Have you lowered your pride, lowered your fears? You have to voice your hope to make it an expectation. You have to get vulnerable and humble. Who can you tell that will agree with you in Jesus' name? Actually, what I want to do is I'm going to challenge each and every one of you to go public with something. All of us have things we want to see God do. But look, we need faith. We need to voice our prayers together as a church. And what we want to do this week is we want to challenge every one of you to go public with God, to say, God, I'm believing you for this. I am expecting God for renewal in 2021. I am expecting God for a family breakthrough in 2021. I'm expecting God for my son's salvation in 2021. Whatever that blank is, I want you to fill that in. And I want you, those of you who are on social media, I want you to go on social media and I want you to post that. And I want you to put that hashtag, faithchallenge2021. And we're going to generate all kinds of different uh, confessions of faith this week. And we're going to agree together. We're going to comment on it and say, amen, we believe. And we're going to pray for each and every one of these hashtags. Maybe you're not on social media. Text somebody. Text me. Text one of the pastors. Let us know. Put it out there. Hey, you need to know I'm believing God for this this year. So put it out there. So that's one thing you can do. The other thing you can do is we're calling our home churches to pray. We want you to share with each other. We want you to touch and agree, those of you who are in home churches, to get together this week and have a prayer time and say, hey, you know what? We're praying for this. We're asking God to do this. Will you agree with me? And we're going to touch and agree that God's going to do what only he can do. We're going to make room for him to do that through faith, through prayer. And then for some people, you might not be in a home church. You might not even be on social media. Maybe you are, but we want to invite everybody to be prayed for by a pastor this week. So if you want prayer, I'm going to invite you to to text this number, text faith to this number. And one of our pastors will follow up with you this week. And we will call and we will pray about your area that you want to see God move into. And we're going to agree with you that he would do great and mighty things. I believe these are great days. I believe that, that we are about to see God do great and mighty things but it's not going to happen unless our expectations are high. What did you expect? What are you expecting? Let's expect God to do great things. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. Lord, I pray your blessing. I pray pray the fruitfulness that comes through the seed of your word in every person listening to the sound of my voice today. Lord, I pray your abundance and your favor on households and homes and families. Lord, I speak renewal right now over families, over home churches, over our locations, over our whole church. I speak renewal over the Atlantic Canadian region. These are days. Days where you are about to do a new thing. There is a wave, a tide of the kingdom that is about to rush in. We believe it, God. We're expecting it. We're anticipating it. We're running toward it. We believe it with every fiber of our being that these are great and mighty days and you are about to do great and mighty things and we set our expectations unto it. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that everything you have spoken will come to pass. We believe it. We receive it. We hold it. We walk in it in faith in Jesus